What is it about them? Eh? What is it about these people that makes them think, yeah, got a pretty good response to that 40 second video of me doing a cartoonish accent with a funny filter on my face, so guess that means the world is crying out to hear me talk alone for 45 minutes every week from now until the end of time about, I don't know, craft beer and Game of Thrones. Hey guys, welcome back to House of the Flagon. This week, did Jon Snow really know nothing? It's not bad actually, maybe I should have done that. But instead, hey, we're doing this. Welcome to Simon Sings Like. Yeah. Originally was going to go for Simon Says and just talk about anything, mainly craft beer and Game of Thrones, but anything. However, that was taken. Actually, originally I wasn't going to do any of these at all, but you know, there's only so many Remy videos that I can make. There's only so many times I can say that Linda is slow of mind and fast of drink before that really just becomes the internet comedy equivalent of the Fast and the Furious franchise. So we're going to try this out. For a while. When I say the internet comedy equivalent of the Fast and the Furious franchise, I mean creatively, not financially. I I would have no issue if if it was the financial equivalent of Vin Diesel's flagship series, but unfortunately, not the case. Does this mean I hear you ask that I'm gonna stop doing the the online sketches, the Remy videos? You bet your ass it doesn't. I will, of course, keep farting out Remy videos until until the day I die. I'm just trying this out too, you know. Just just trying just trying this out. As the midlife crisis riddled husband said to his shocked wife when she discovered his custom titanium butt plug, "I'm just trying something out." People who listen to that reference to Remy and don't know me from my internet videos are probably wondering. What's he talking about? My response to you is, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you listening to this? Don't get me wrong, I'm glad that you are. But how did you end up listening to episode one if you were not at least in some way familiar with me from the internet sketches I do? Nevertheless, glad to have you here. And please, please don't leave said the husband to the wife post-buttplug discovery. Eh, we'll move on from that. Here's the idea, guys. Each episode, we choose a different band, or singer, or genre of music. When I say we, by the way, I'm using the royal we, as in the king's piss. Awful. Uh, I choose a different band, singer, talk about them for a bit, Highlight the elements of their music that I find funny, or problematic, or weird, or slow of mind, or fast of drink. 
And then at the end of the episode, and 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 here's what really sets me apart from the competition. Here, here's you know what gives me the leg up over Joe Rogan and the gang. At the end of the episode, in 90 seconds or less, I'm going to cook up a little musical interpretation of my own, of that particular band, singer, etc. Why 90 seconds or less, I hear you ask? Because doing a full song each time is too hard. Professional musicians don't make full four-minute songs every other week. What makes you think that I could? And while we're on the topic, what makes me think I have the musical ability, both natural and technical, to even do the 90-second version? Let me answer that question with a question of my own. Fuck off. Why so defensive, (laughs) Simon, straight out the gate? Because I'm insecure. And I know what for. Because there are far too many podcasts already, we don't need more... Boom. That's the kind of lyrical genius you can expect around here. Unless you didn't like that. In which case, I can and I will do better. Don't you worry. It's going to be way better than that. Each and every week it is going to be better than the one before. Said the husband to his wife after she failed to enjoy her own experiment with the butt plug. Ew. Gross. Put that butt plug down, Simon. It's alienating the older listeners. (laughs) What older listeners? Who am I kidding? I come from TikTok. Anyone listening to this is probably still in primary school. I really hope that's not the case. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening now. However... If the only people listening to this are, are under the age of 18, keep going. Just just, just don't tell your parents, okay? Actually, that, that sounds really creepy. Kind of fitting, though, with what we've got coming up later in the episode, as you will discover he teased brilliantly. <sighs> what was I worried about? I'm a natural at this. I, <laughs> I can't wait until I win all the podcast awards that presumably exist. The Podskers is what they they are called. Are they? I assume. I better start writing my acceptance speech right now. I'd like to thank my listeners. Couldn't do it without them. Sadly, it's a school night, so none of them could be here. I I really need to veer back out of the Russell Brand hard shoulder I've somehow found myself in. And back onto the highway to podcast immortality. To all the major awards that I am going to scoop. And of course, major sponsorship. Because that's what it's really about at the end of the day. You know? I need a, a big name, fat wallet, fat ass corporate giant of a sponsor. And I deserve it. He said in the intro to episode one. Whatever, dream big. Reach for the stars, because if you fall, you land on a cloud, as Kanye said. More like land on a clown, in his case, am I right? Boom! Hennessy from way downtown. Skewers another one. Kanye, Russell, no one is safe. 
around them or around me, but in very different ways, let me specify. No one is safe around me from being exposed. No one is safe around them from being exposed to... Well, around Russell. I suppose Kanye West hasn't been accused of that. He's got his own crimes, but they're not the same. (laughs) We've gone down this rabbit hole again. What I'm saying is I would like a big sponsor. Who would I like? I'd like Burger King. Yeah, I am the king, so I would like Burger King. It's high time they diverted some of their seemingly endless airport finances into podcast sponsorship. And I'm the person for them to do it to. If, no, sorry, not if, when I get a meeting with the fat cats over at Burger King, I'll tell them that my listeners love to travel with their parents and spend a lot of time in airports and they will put down their whoppers in glee and say, that's amazing because we've got an outlet at every single airport in the world. (laughs) That's how they talk at Burger King. Still working on the Burger King executive character. I'll come back to you when it's complete. Did you know that's true? By the way, think about it. Have you ever been in an airport without a Burger King? No, you haven't. Every single airport in the world has a Burger King. Look it up. And if the internet says otherwise, then it's the mainstream media lying to you. Those those shadowy cabals of governments and such. Just a quick callback, uh, Kanye impression for you there. Make sure, dear listeners, that you like this or give it five stars or, or, or whatever that procedure with podcasts is. I don't know, but you might. So please do it because we want to get on the radar of the major podcast awards and also, of course, as specified, Burger King or a suitable equivalent, you know? Sorry, BK, but I got to keep my options open. What? Well, now we got to have you. Spat the executive through a mouthful of Whopper as we finalize the multi-million dollar deal with the sound of airplanes taking off in the background. Anyway, let's see how this goes. Should be fun. You know, I like music and I like making fun of others. So given that this combines those two passions of mine, should be a bit of a laugh. Also, if this format already exists in podcasting, if someone's done this already, don't tell me, okay? I don't care. I don't want to know. The extent of my research into the competition was googling funny singing podcast bands and then getting distracted by the open tab I already had for custom buttplug.hors.nz. So I'm just going to pretend that no one has ever done this before. I'll probably do a full episode every second week and then maybe put out the the little songs on the in-between weeks. Or maybe I'll do it more frequently if people like this. Or maybe I'll stop after this and never do another again, okay? Because you don't own me. If you did, I'd just be doing Remy videos every single day. Should I have just done a Remy podcast instead? Is that what the people really wanted? Well, as the husband said to his wife once his bumhole began to bleed, too late for saris now. See you again after this relatively unnecessary break. Simon, Simon seems, seems like, like Simon, Simon, Simon.
gate going after abba the people's favorite it's a bold move why do you do it is it because he just doesn't give a fuck or as they say in scandinavia fuck is it because he already did a video on every abba song which made making a parody song of them that bit easier we'll never know but either way he's doing it he's going after the big guns of abba we know the faces we know the outfits. We know the names. Agnita. Benny. Beardy. And Agnita again, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the names. Who does? You know? I know that the names based on the first letters of each of their names. Which is a fun little quirk, actually. I feel like more bands could do that. Let me start by saying, I love ABBA. Everyone does, of course, but I want to make clear before I say anything else that I do too. They were a hit machine, a safe bet for karaoke or a wedding playlist. And by the way, their influence didn't just end in the music world, it extended into the world of cinema. Mamma Mia, one of my favorite films of all time. Primarily, of course, for the presence and performance of one Pierce Brosnan. Pierce, anyone who knows me knows that I am an enormous fan of Pierce Brosnan. He's an Irish national treasure, and also the greatest James Bond. And I say that as someone who has seen at least five James Bond films. So I know a thing or two about what I'm talking about. And Pierce, he was the best thing in a film of good things in Mamma Mia. He's the ideal version of the old male Hollywood icon who can't really sing in a musical role. He's the 10 out of 10 of that kind of archetype. Who's the 1 out of 10? I hear you ask for the sake of comparison. It's of course Russell Crowe in Les Mis. Just astonishingly bad performance. One more day till revolution, we will nip it in the bud. <laughs> it's like, what are you going for, Russell? Like, revolutionary France meets ACDC. One more day till revolution, fetch me my steel string guitar. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre performance. That might be a whole episode one day. Simon sings like Russell Crowe in Les Mis, if that's not too niche. Which, of course, it is. One more day till revolution. Let's shoot up in a motel. I iconically awful from Russell. Pierce, on the other hand, is iconically brilliant in Mamma Mia. I mean, he can't sing. At all. He... Re He's a god-awful singer, but he's given it socks, and his intentions are good, and he is a stone-cold silver fox. Listen to him. Just go back and listen to him doing S.O.S. with Meryl Streep. It's one of my... It's better than the ABBA version. It's one of my favorite songs ever. 
When you come! Pierce, Pierce doing that line is solid gold. He sounds like a proud elder bullfrog letting out its last wheeze on the lily pad before passing into the amphibious afterlife. When you come! Triumphant, proud, off-key, but on our hearts. He has so many great moments in that film, Pierce. Not least of which is when he's proposing to Meryl Streep's character, whose name is Donna Sheridan. And Pierce's pronunciation of her last name is just, it's... He's got a kind of a weird accent. Like, it's not that distinctively Irish a lot of the time. But for some reason, his delivery of that line comes out more Irish than anything he's ever said before. The line with him on his knee is, How about it, Sheridan? And and I'm not exaggerating here. Go back and watch this. He delivers it as, How about it, Sheridan? How about it, Sheridan? Go, Go back. And listen, it's astonishing. He goes from, like, Greek island business tycoon to grizzled old fella watching his son's football team of a Saturday morning in the blink of an eye. How about it, Sheridan? It's my favourite line read ever. I also... I'm really harping on Pierce Brosnan here. But last thing on Pierce. I was in Greece, in Crete which is where they shot Mamma Mia a few years ago. And I asked a taxi driver one day who their favorite Irish person was. And he responded with so much joy and glee by saying, oh, my favorite Irish is, of course, James Bond Piss Brosnan. So you know he's the greatest. If the taxi drivers on the island where he shot one movie are saying it, then you know it's true. Anyway, ABBA. Let's get back to ABBA. I've gone so deep into this Pierce Brosnan tangent. And I'm glad to go deep into the man himself. Whoa. Mmm. Enough. Enough. Let's get back to ABBA. 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 What a Scandinavian delight. Is that, is that the right accent? Or is that just offensive? I don't, it's a tough. It's a tough accent. Hello, hell, hell yo, yo, have a have a Danish pastry. Here we just call it a pastry. Abba are of course Swedish, not Danish. I know that, but that wouldn't have worked with the joke, would it? Because Swedish pastries aren't a thing, so you make do. When life gives you lemons, you make a lemon-flavored pastry. Abba, Abba are pop royalty. Their songs are such a bop, and they're actually more musically experimental, I would say, than they probably get credit for. Like, there's a lot of synthy sound, typical of their era in a lot of their songs, but they were never afraid to bring in a bit of orchestration, you know? They've got a lot of classic dance numbers, but they could slow it down and hit you with a ballad here and there. There's a timeless quality to their music, a universality that makes it appeal to any And every generation, individuals of all ages and eras. Which is great news for them now, as they have come up with the most genius cash-milking scheme ever with their hologram shows. I'm assuming people are aware of ABBA Voyage, or Voyage, 
as they might pronounce it in Sweden, where their virtual or virtual avatars, avatars, perform in London. It's apparently very good, very good enough. Everyone seems to love it, except <laughs> I'm guessing Abbott tribute bands. They didn't need this. They really didn't need the competition, you know? Hey, you know, really excited to come back and play in your festival this summer. Sorry. Sorry, guys. No, we're, we're actually, we've decided we're just going to beam the original band and their physical prime onto the stage instead. So we won't need the services of Bab, the ABBA tribute band, this year. But thanks anyway. I love as well, <laughs> you know how elsewhere, nearly everywhere else actually in the entertainment industry, there are fierce efforts being made by artists to protect their industry from the encroaching threat of AI. Actors, and until very recently, writers were on strike in the US over the use of AI in producing scripts or imitating their likeness as extras. Record companies are working overtime to remove false AI versions of songs by artists or originals created in the name and style of that artist from streaming platforms and YouTube and stuff. These major across-the-board efforts to protect the value of real human performance and creativity are, are being backed by nearly everyone. And then you've got ABBA, <laughs> who are just like, sure, beam up our holograms. That'll be fun. That's fun for you in Scandinavian. The billions of Swedish kroner they're uh, presumably getting paid probably helps too with that uh, ethical minefield. Anyway, I love ABBA's music. And I can find nearly no faults in it. With one notable exception. Actually, before I get to that, one thing I'd noticed which isn't really a fault, but just an entertaining feature, is how much they love to name-drop European places in their songs. They never miss a chance to just casually drop into a song that they like to hang out in various spots, literally anywhere in Europe, and then aggressively hammer it home. Our Last Summer, great track, has no less than 11 references to either Paris specifically or various places in Paris, just in case you weren't sure where that song was set. And sometimes as well, <laughs> these references will be to European places that, no offense, but just do not scream glamorous destination. For example, in Super Trooper, you may recall, ABBA were sick and tired of everything as they called you last night from Glasgow. And by sick and tired, I imagine they meant literally ill and exhausted from the endless deep-fried heroin they were ingesting there. Oh, I fucking dare you! I hear my Glaswegian listeners say, I've actually been to Glasgow, and it's lovely, so I take that back. But at the same time, you know, what were you doing there, Abba? Benny's a big Rangers fan, or is that it? They even have an entire song called Waterloo, which I get, of course, is an extended metaphorical device for comparing a lover's tryst with Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo. But nevertheless, it emphasizes my point. But none of that's a bad thing. All of that's fine. 
Unlike, however, ABBA's frankly disturbing fascination in their music with underage girls. I've said it. You might not like it, but I've said it, and it's true. Just listen to this, okay? Just listen to this little selection of song lyrics from ABBA's back catalogue. You are the dancing queen, young and sweet, only 17. Everybody screamed when I kissed the teacher. And then this one might be the worst. Last night, I was taking a walk along the river when I saw him together with a young girl. And the look that he gave her made me shiver. This is, this is not okay. Songs explicitly about 17-year-olds sexualizing 17-year-olds or highly inappropriate teacher-student relations. And that last one, I'm sorry, but could barely be more explicitly about a pedophile. That, that line reads like the opening words of a witness statement in a court of law. And you might, you might be saying, oh, Simon, there's some ambiguity there. Or, you know, song lyrics, they have multiple meanings. Or in Scandinavia, they're like their pastries a little undercooked. No, 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 no. You might try and defend. But defend this. Defend Abba's smash hit, Does Your Mother Know? You know the one. It's a classic. Everybody loves it. It's also incredibly fucking creepy. It's a song which, from start to finish, is a man telling a girl, Listen, you're gorgeous. You're gorgeous, but I don't want to get in trouble with your parents, or for that matter, the law, so we better not. Like, that song <laughs> literally has the line, Oh, but girl, you're only a child in it. How do they get away with that? How is the release of that song not immediately followed by a Swedish SWAT team, sweet team, if you will, bursting in and grabbing Benny and Beardy on stage, pulling them away from their instruments and the sort of ear-to-ear -ear grin they constantly seem to be doing in their music videos anyway, and throwing them into the apparently lovely Scandinavian prisons, where no doubt they would have developed Stockholm Syndrome. Brrrr! That's what's up. It's comedy right there. Deal with it. I've been saying this for years. And not everyone likes to hear it. I don't like to say it. But we have to face facts, guys. ABBA, for all their great qualities, for all their brilliant music, they put the nonce in dance. And they need to be called out. And I am that warrior to do so. I'm that soldier on the front lines to call them out. And to do it through the magical medium of music. Before I do so, I will say thank you for listening and, you know, all that crap. Uh, no, genuinely thank you for listening. If you liked it, give it five stars. Share it. Tell your friends. And uh, we'll see how this goes and maybe do more. Unless I get sued by ABBA, in which case I'll probably stop. I mean, why would they? They really don't need the money with their hologram millions coming in. Anyway, thank you for listening. And now, to close us out, without further ado, here you have my attempt to capture the essence 
of our proudly European, and maybe not so proudly European, Swedish friends, Agnetha, Benny, Beardy, and Agentha. Here is Simon Sings Like Abba. It was night time in Ljubljana She was dancing in the arms of the man of her dreams They met in rims They swore it would last forever That night in Vienna He was her first, she'd be his last A soul he promised in Belfast She was in love with a man They were kissing, holding hands She was the prettiest girl he'd ever seen And she was sixteen She was sixteen Okay, maybe fifteen She was no more than fifteen At the most, she was fourteen Come see our hologram show, bring your daughters 